conversation. There we go. Recording in progress is what I had to overhear real quick. So there we go. And with that, in terms, in terms of the book, I don't know a damn thing except for whatever we knew previous to today. Okay. So that's where we start today. Well, let's yeah, start very... it off again because we need that recording in progress for um, ourselves. So I'm going to start over <laughs> again. It's, we still have our same guys, folks in here, so I'll just hear it again. Hmm. Welcome to the Sylvan Horn. Uh, I'm Justin. And I'm Nilo. And today we're going to be looking at The Wild Beyond the Witchlight, brand new adventure book that came out today from Wizards. It looks really cool, but I haven't had a chance to really dive into it yet. What about you, Nilo? As much as I'd like to lie and say that we haven't done this intro several times now, um, I absolutely haven't seen anything. Actually, I just saw the contents for the very first time in the form of an index. So from here, we start our journey. And so we'll just kind of look, you know, you go in the beginning, kind of giving you an idea of how to run it as they always do very early in the book, giving you some ideas of, you know, where you, if you're doing milestones, how old that's going to go. Um, this has got a story tracker, which you have in the back of the book. Uh, yeah, there we go. And there are printable copies of that that come with a supplement that they released on DM's Guild. I heard that you love the fact that they did that, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, it's called Domains of Delight, a Feywild accessory. And it's got those story guides back there, the story trackers on there, any of the things that you might be looking at and going, yeah, I don't necessarily want to cut those out of my book. You can get those <laughs> on the DMs Guild. It's eight bucks. It comes with all of that material that's in the back. And it also gives you just more information on the Feywild. If you're wanting to build out your own domain of delight, if you're wanting to make your own Archfey, if you just want to have a little more information because maybe you want to go to places where that are a little different than what is in the book. Maybe your party is going to wander off a little bit further into the Fey and you then you're going to want to make sure that you pick this up. It's eight bucks. There's a part of me that says all this should have been in this book. It's 24 pages. I kind of don't know why it's not there other than maybe they had gotten to a page count that was as big as they were going to go with this. And so they released it separately. But in essence, it's like what we have in the codexes of some of the other books where we learn about Baldur's Gate in Descent into Avernus and you can build out Baldur's Gate from there where you learn about 10 towns in the last, in the Frostmaid. And mm. so... I feel like this should have just been there, but it's only $8 and it's definitely worth the eight bucks that I actually have taken some time to look through earlier today. And we may or may not get there today. We'll definitely be looking at it on the podcast later, but I wanted to mention that, that if you're looking at some of these things like the story tracker, you can get printable versions of that so that you don't have to mess up your book or deal with making copies because who wants to make copies out of the book. Well, it's so funny that you say that about, uh, you know, who wants to rip their book because at that same time when you caught me in a deer, head, a deer in headlights moment as I was trying to rip this dumb map out of the back of this damn book and it wasn't going well. <laughs> and I accidentally ripped it just a little bit and I just stopped. And I'm like, I just got called out. I'm already having a wonderful day and it's definitely not a day to rip paper for I'm yes. not good at even that. Well, All that being the map, said. map, of course, is perforated and meant to be ripped out and it is... Beautiful. And that's where I'm having issues. This is might be child... <laughs> 
proof, but it is also Nilo proof. I'm going to stop for now. But all the same, I do find that same a little bit of frustration with the fact that the story tracker. Um, I mean, I like the story tracker, but all it is saying is like, here's how to take notes if you right. suck at it. And I'm like, well, that's not hard to figure out. But when it comes to everything that was in that PDF that you, you know, totally purchased that I purchased, I didn't purchase it and sent to me, um, I checked that out. And uh, yeah, that's like all the juicy content we wanted. And it's like they went through the book and found everything that we might pay, you know, why we probably got the book and then put it into a PDF and took it out of the book and then said, if you want the good stuff, you know, right. go around back. And I'm like, well, I shouldn't have had to do that, but it's all, I'm. Uh, what's that one B word? Business. It's all business. It's it all is. A, another it is. avenue. So I, I don't fault them for that, but it is frustrating. It is a little frustrating. It feels like, you know, some of those video games that have DLC that you really have to buy in order to really get into the game and really play it. I feel like that's kind of what this is. But there's also some frustration of not everybody who plays D&D is spending time going online searching for things and finding what's on DMs Guild. And to me, this is such good meaty material and they're not putting it out in a physical form. So there's going to be a lot of people that are going to miss it. And that to me is the, the saddest thing to me about it. there's going to be people that are going to miss this. I'll probably find a way to whether it's through DMs Guild eventually or I'll go to office max or somewhere and get it printed out because i'd like it in a physical copy rather than just on my ipad and some of us have a printer that only prints in uh, black and white so it's very right. unfortunate for a very beautiful uh, pdf but all yes. the same i do kind of find that frustrating but at the same time again it's not like they haven't done that before um but when it comes to like what's actually in the book let's just maybe talk about the product in front of us exactly um, yeah, let's let's jump in and, and look at it and we get into, you know, it, I mean, right there, just finished. Oh, just yeah. Done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. I mean, you've got this whole like D100 list of Feywild trinkets that can be used. You've got some new backgrounds. You've got what we just showed you there, which are new races. And are you more excited about the fairy race or the Heron Gone race? Mm. I do like when you make our polls relevant. Hopefully you can still hear me. I turn my audio down a little bit. Yep. Um, that being the case, I am, I think I'm way more excited for the fairy race. Really? I, I mean, Haragon is a very interesting concept, but I've not been a person who said I want to be a creature that can, you know, also do these things. Cause like right. fairy was the essence of magic and a rabbit while it was in my backyard. We live in Missouri, of course I do. Rabbits aren't fascinating to me in any real way, or well, rabbits aren't, but the fairies are that thing that you see in movies. They're the concept that aren't really right. that's the fantasy of DD for me. So, yeah, we've got rabbits. We got a whole warren of rabbits in the hill in our backyard and mm -hmm. actually had a groundhog running across the deck this afternoon, which was neat. And exciting. I like them both, but I think that on some level, I am most excited about the herring gone more than any reason because. We've already created a Herringon in this kind of Sylvanhorn world of Merkin, and I'm looking forward to being able to officially build him out and have a stat block for our bartender slash MC there in I feel the tavern. Like we, we've missed a solid opportunity to ask Merkin himself which one he preferred. I feel like that would have been great if Merkin was stepped in. I was like, you know, excuse me. <laughs> Well, I mean, if I had to say who I prefer, I mean, it's, it's myself, but 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these ferries that are all around are, are definitely interesting. And so if I say like who I prefer spending time with, it would be, um, it would be the fairies. The, the, other, uh, the other like me are not as interesting as I am. And there are some strange fairies out there. Uh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, as pursued being the one who helped Merkin get to where he is now. Right. And has a whole career spending a lot of time with someone from the Feywild. I can't imagine him expecting the, the rabbit kin of sorts to prefer a fairy of any sort. Um, mainly, that could just be him projecting, though. But all that being said, I see uh, Merkin's messaging you. Yes, getting getting messages possibly about my um, COVID positivity or negativity, but it looks like it's oh, not there. Might be a reveal. It might be a reveal, <laughs> but we'll have to wait a while for that. Uh, <laughs> so till next time, folks. Till next time to find out whether or not I have COVID. I don't think I do, but we will see. Um, <laughs> but I really like, you know, how they built out, you know, some of these different backgrounds that they have, you know, whether it is a background of somebody visiting from the Feywild or one of the people that work at the Witch Like Carnival or somebody who has been lost in the Fey. I mean, these are, they've got some really good character building things in here that are just going to, I think, be really interesting to play with. The carnival itself is one of the areas of the book I had a lot of curiosity on, morbid mm-hmm. perhaps. Just wanting to know how they built that out in a way that is fun and indicative of like a carnival, a real experience, and that also is not heavy on the you know combat. Because I've I've had like fairs and carnivals throughout many of my campaigns, and I always enjoy like building these mini games for them to play, like you know right. toss this or go find that or walk into a house and it's like which item is the mimic, and then you win a prize. Hopefully you don't lose and get the mimic. Um, but with that, like you see these interesting people here, you know. Oh Elstein, yeah. The Kenku. And, then and we've got this which hand lights. Yeah, it looks like a probably a wizard, maybe a warlock to me, but I love an adventurer with no fashion sense. That's, <laughs> That's just fantastic. My players. And <laughs> one of the things that I was thinking about as I was looking at it, that's that's Lindir. I think Lindir has a lot more fashion. He has a that, he has a lot of fashion, but it, it is like just that. everything that he has collected around. He, he he's he's better dressed than that, but he has this. This looks like the adventurer that you know as they've as they've killed different beasts, as they've come around these other magicians and stuff that they've mm-hmm. taken little bits and and built out their own outfit with it. Just like whatever they get their hands on. I mean, I feel like that's more pursuit. Who's the survivalist? But I think Lindir just does it better. Yeah. Well. He's got that rock and roll background. He knows how to, he knows how to dress. And he's not always coated in blood, so it's the little things. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and so, in here, but yeah, this this whole idea in here too with this. What did you go in to? If you were at the carnival before and you came in without a ticket, what did you lose? I think that's a really cool hook and something concept. really interesting to play with. And I look forward to running that aspect of it because I think that's there. What I've loved about what I've looked at in this so far is how much they focused on building out character and having characters that are particularly interesting in 
how we are playing this game. It's not just how can you build somebody that is going to get through the adventure, but there are all of these interesting little tidbits that are feeding into the world, which you and I do anyway, but this book seems to be particularly built out for that style of play. Yeah, I mean, I think the carnival, like, I think it was Chris Perkin who mentioned in one of his videos, it's the introduction. I was just about to show that too, Dan. <laughs> While you're talking about it. <laughs> Uh, so he, he was talking about like this idea of like the carnival is a like a gateway drug. It's essentially the gateway into the larger segment of the book, which is going to be, you know, the Feywild. It's a chance to be your most eccentric and crazy characters in a fun way before you then introduce them to a world that's like that in a very all over the place way. The carnival is, you know, a little bit focused, but the Feywild is not. So hither, dither, yon, all of that is like different ideas of extremes within this, you know, very uh floaty spacey bubbly type of realm that emotions right. mean so much more than just someone being vexed ever you know very jovial that might be jovial and crazy it might be you know super up you know uptight and you know almost hyper tense in a way that they're so excited that now they're going to murder someone because they right. just got to go somewhere and it's like you can't ever predict anything and the carnival at least is before you get let out into the sandbox of the ether a little bit of a sense of that before you realize how uh, big of a mistake you've made or found yourself in. But I would like to read the carnival overview since you stole the map from me. Yeah, do that. All right, since I luckily found it. The <laughs> carnival overview goes as thus. The first stars of night twinkle above the apricot sunset. Giant dragonflies whirl over overhead. Overhead. <laughs> Trailing streamers and a low mist curls over the ground. Through a floral archway, you glimpse wondrous and vibrant creatures, elf stilt walkers, dancing fairies, and painted performers. Everywhere there is laughter, pixie dust, bubbles, and a wistful tune of a whistling cantaloupe. I was trying to paint that in my head, and that's why I was uh, having extra spaces there multiple times because my brain was oh, like, yeah. that would be really neat, interesting. Or, what the fuck is that? What exactly. That ADD is fun. And there's just, you know, and I love once you kind of get into it, you've got this um, big top area with these circus acts going on, which is the picture that I just showed you, that fire breathing teethling. And you've got all these characters that are built in there. And it's all of the things that you would think that you would see in this traveling carnival. You've got a carousel, you've got a calliope, you've got all these different kinds of rides. And it's, in here where you begin to see one of the things that I really loved about as they started to put out little bits and pieces of the book over the last few weeks has been how much they're bringing back earlier lore. And this is where the first place that you see this is that they're just among the orchard is Ellie Wick Tumblestrom. And one of yeah. these, you know, wonderful characters from the history of D&D &D that just shows up in this place. I mean, it's, I think the whole book is kind of like this half of a uh, bring back the old, or at least the characters that never really got their chance to shine in a new, fun, unique way. And it's mm -hmm. Chris Perkins. So at some point, like, he just, you know, bleeds into all his work. But equally so, I like that aspect of it. Um, I think there's a lot of people who won't know. It's been, like, long enough that I won't know those old characters. So I think some of it is a little bit lost to like newer people so like you know right you know like our players um even so much so i had a well if i have to be shamefully honest 
my own fiance had a character named Eliwick and had no idea the name had any significance in history. And I'm like, <laughs> I want to cry. <laughs> but it's an awesome also, name, though. That's cool to come up with. Hey, I came up with something like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, I'm proud of you. You're totally an original. <laughs> but all of the same, another thing I like about the whole book is its whimsical nature in a very extreme way to right. include it's what you mentioned the whole idea like you can lose something if you don't keep your word when you get right. a ticket to this place to this carnival it's not just a ticket you are essentially signing a contract it's literally a pact right and so there's a table where you roll what that pact is which means it's not even declared it's a randomized on every single entry yep. what pact it is and the Feywald itself is the one who keeps the pacts true Exactly. Not no individual person. You can't go slay the Feywild. And that's one of the things that that's missing with you not having that other piece of the puzzle from the DMs Guild is it tells you all about those packs and those deals within that. And it's not as clear in this book how all of that works and how right. dealing with these fey creatures work in quite the same way. It's here, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> but just not quite as laid out this just essentially says hey if you snuck into the carnival without a ticket something's going to get taken from you to pay for your entry and you're going to roll on this and find out what it is or you can you know kind of pick your own thing as you go that admittingly that is rather disappoint disappointing i just from looking at this you're right there it says like carnival locations ticket booth and that's all there is right and like the last thing it mentions is like the d8 table and then there's like how to barter for a ticket, how to sneak inside, things like that. But then there's nothing else about that. Okay, right. I'm kind of sad about that. Now, and, now I think that $8 is kind of BS. Because <laughs> you go in here and you've got a whole page and a half on fake contracts. You know, some of them being accidental, like what you're talking about there. Accepting gifts, stealing from a fake. And taking a life in debt and then a whole nother page just on making a contract and what that might look like in that world. I mean, it's pages and pages on breaking and making and the price and that that's needs to be in here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's exactly what they needed to build this out in a more meaningful way. Cause I think it was one of the videos that D and D beyond put out maybe, or wizards of the ghost um, about like the idea that you might lose your smile. Right. And like, then you literally, are just unable to like no longer can you perform this act until you find a way to remove it or get it back type of thing or fulfill whatever new contract was placed to restore yourself or you might like, lose the color of your eyes or whatever yeah you know th there's so much you know there's so many cool ideas within this and it's here it's just built out even more on that extra addition there but if all the same, I think they already do a good job of putting you in the headspace of really getting out and role-playing it. So they they I, definitely do. Like, I and... know someone named Carrie, you may have also known a Carrie at one point in your life, who, uh, on this ticket packs, I want him to do all of these, which is very <laughs> sinister, I know, I'm sorry. Um, but I, you are one of our probably listening people, so I have to make fun of this moment. But that being the case, one of them was like, you must declare your love for unicorns at every opportunity. Yep. Who decides what an opportunity is? If it is Veer, then it is every second, no matter who's doing what. If it's, you must compliment everyone you meet. Well, that's just a wholesome thing to do anyway. Right. And you're already like being nice to shields that you shouldn't be nice to. And then there's the, 
what was this one like you must uh greet like all you... trees with reverence you must carry around a small pumpkin as though it were a precious egg and why wouldn't you i mean it's just it, it's just wonderful but then they've got some things in here that i just they got moms in here there is there there is a mime in here um that that is in a romance with a mermaid and and happy for the mime but um i'll probably if i run this i'll probably make him something else because you know who wants to deal with um playing a mime and i mean i do but just because i find it hilarious a mime greets you he's seems like he might be fishing for you it's a very weird gesture yeah it's a it's a yeah it's it's kind of an odd one there i'm really I loving i think that's not even the worst of the concerns of this book though i'm, I'm really loving this though this cat with butterfly wings yes it's fantastic i mean that cat looks like it knows it's the cream of the crop like it does loyalty it's got a big barrel on him like a he ski dog like an arabian saint prince. bernard looking thing yeah it's awesome and it has um i agree carrie i agree and it has six legs oh did it did i didn't even count that it does what the shit i'm guessing it may be a displacer beast with wings or something it doesn't really say yeah it is oh yeah oh, it yeah. is because look the wings are actually tied to its like tentacle things oh yeah that's that's fantastic i'm loving that Check out that beauty. So, so, so cool. And so it looks like, you know, the, the way I'm kind of looking at, you know, as I'm flipping through the carnival and, and getting to these games is this seems like a great place to start off new players. It's almost like the tutorial level. Here's a place where you can learn about how to do all of these different D and D things. I enjoy how we're, somehow tying everything to video game <laughs> yeah it is i think it kind of fits with this though it, it, you know it, really and we're is. on twitch so i mean isn't that what we have to talk about more and more on twitch we're applying to a crazy demographic that has like hot tubs on the front page yeah we're appealing <laughs> to twitch <laughs> but we had talked about that you and i had talked about this before when we saw what they were doing with this and how they were putting the rules to some of the games on little mm -hmm. cards with the dice set that you could buy. But I would love to some of these games, put them together if I'm running it and actually play Make you the all mirage ring toss and some of this, instead of just rolling dice to see if they pass a dexterity check, but actually let's see if you can actually do this. <laughs> I've always have a hard time finding the right, like in-person group for that type of stuff because right. i will go over the moon to set up like physical things but then i've had people argue in the past like their character in a fantasy world shouldn't be penalized for their lack of skill in the real one i'm like well but it's fun it is so fun I, I dial back nowadays i mean you've got goblin wrestling in here and known poetry contests oh man this is known poetry it's just the poetry contest i don't know how the gnome got part of that you know several really cool how can you outstare the cyclops i mean <laughs> two eyes are better than one and then you've got snail racing which is just Sounds awesome giant snail racing high octane fast pace you know for no one and i don't know you know who all's listening who all's watching but if you are a watcher or listener 
to Dragon Talk, you're going to know that the Pink Snail is actually named after one of the hosts there, um, Shelly Moo. That is her mm. um, Twitter handle, and so that's that's pretty cool there. That's you know, they're cool. they're doing some good stuff. You know, I always doing some be. calls out. The pinnacle of my career once I have a snail named after me in a fantasy setting. <laughs> Well, it's like I would I would love to have like just that random call out in an official book, oh, yeah. you know, not you don't want like that necessarily the whole like NPC or but just give me a call out like that. That's just that kind of hidden a little bit. And you got to oh, know yeah. to know. I mean, maybe our egos are different. I would love to have an NPC named Nilo in anything ever. Um, oh, for but, sure. But this is kind of even more fun to me. I like the kind of hidden Easter egg aspect of it. I do, too. Uh, I just don't like my references being missed. Maybe that's a difference. <laughs> Now, one of the best references in the whole thing is coming up with this guy here. But look at my guy. Oh, my yeah. Guy creeps me the hell out. I, I like some boggles. Boggles are cool. I don't think a boggle likes me. Look at, okay. So this is Thaco the clown. What a hilarious reference. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and just so um you know he is a surly guy I, I looked up let's his um his stats are in the back so let's 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 look at Faco here because i think it's, you gotta enjoy this hilariousness it is it is just so good i think that's because like a it's hag sorry uh, yes nightshade hag on <laughs> rocking pony there's something terrifying about that <laughs> oh yeah that's and it's and it's this the book so far as i've flipped through it and looked at it now it is this great little mix of um whimsy and horror which is kind of what the Feywild needs to be but this is thaco thaco the clown thaco is the longest serving witch light hand but no one really knows his history and are scarcely any dare to ask, for he almost never speaks and harbors a malicious streak that is kept in check by Mr. Witch. He paints his face with a grin and puffs on a bubble pipe. Thaco has retired from performing and no longer stages his knife-throwing act due to an unfortunate incident that took place in the Big Top some time ago. He's chaotic neutral. His personality trait is, I prefer not to talk when I must, I say as little as possible. His ideal is everyone should mind their own business. His bond is my bubble pipe. If anyone touches it, they lose a finger. And his flaw is I can't stand children. They're roaches. I'm like. He's like the most anti-carnival character. you. Can yes. Create. And it is perfect for the character that they named. They go. It just. Yep. It, no, it's so you. good. I, I love it. It is my favorite thing so far. It's just kind of like a worse version of it. <laughs> like the clump it i'm just like yes. that couldn't have been worse until this book comes out and i'm like mm, nope i don't want anything to do with that yeah but here you go this either oldest guy there oh yeah yeah talking doll yeah that's, that's freaky. the last thing i want to fucking walk mm -hmm. into a room and then the doll starts talking to me and it looks like that <laughs> well apparently our friend here white lightning is all about they go oh yeah you can have him <laughs> <laughs> Thaco might show up at some point. You never know. I mean, if I'm the DM, oh yeah, I'll totally use him against you. If I'm the player, I'm getting the hell out of there. And so, you know, eventually, you know, you're you're running around the um carnival, and then for one reason or another, you're gonna get pulled into the Feywild. 
Unless, of course, you don't want to go to the Feywild and you want to go somewhere else, which, as both Nilo and I can tell you, that will probably happen with any group that we run this with, is they'll be like, ah, you know, let's let's go home. Let's go which see is, what's going on in Waterdeep. Let's go anywhere else. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of why the Feywild and Shadowfell are great, because the way that they're like access is through very thin lines of reality that like are in shadows or in like bright areas that mm -hmm. you walk through and you don't even know you crossed into them right it's literally set up so dms can just teleport you there without telling you yes that's the best part you can get the players there before they have a chance to rebel and then when they rebel well now they're stuck there so they have to find a way out and now you got them right and so that's every group ever so you got this you know you got this wonderful journey into the Feywild and this picture is what gets you like right when you get in there. And that is the artwork in this book Great. is just fantastic. It is maybe my favorite one so far out of everything that they've put out. And, you know, and this is going to bring you into the domain of delight called Prismere. And what we're going to find out as you get in there is that it has been broken up into three separate sections by a coven of hags. You know, we're, we're, we're not going to go in and give you too much information here to where if you're going to play this later, that yeah, it's going to ruin anyway. it for you. Can't get the damn map out. <laughs> and um, they, you know, you have three hags. They broken it up into um, three different areas um hither thither and yon and this is all you know kind of based on past present future and they each kind of have a domain in there of how they're running all of that and the big thing that you get into in here before you even really get into the adventure itself is just looking at how do things work in the Feywild and specifically how do things work in the domain of Prismere because in the Feywild what you're going to find out as you get in there is that how will you act what is considered polite what is considered right and wrong is going to be very different in the Fey than it is in the material plane right all the way down to like social acceptance of things exactly so, like going into let's say you know someone's house within there and if you like leave or take both your shoes off that might be insulting because it's you leave one shoe on and the other one untied by the door and that's how you greet them and anything right. else is unacceptable so then they like throw a tizzy and they get real mad at you and you have to make some type of apologies in the right way and then this becomes a big deal and you're like how do i make this person happy because nothing makes sense but it does just not to you right and I was listening to a podcast and one of the guys that helped put this book together was talking and saying that it's even this sense of, you know, you might come in and you're wearing a particular shade of blue and they're looking at you, you've stolen that because that's my shade. I'm the only I one who is allowed shade. to wear that. I own it. And, you know, these ideas are just really cool and how to play them out is really interesting when you think about how all of this works together. Well, and even then too, like there's these ideas, like 
you know, certain regions have their own, you know, common courtesies and things that they, you know, adhere to. But then there's also like the actual rules of conduct for the entire domain of Prismere. So right. Kind of like going like this. There's general rules you probably want to adhere to between like the rule of hospitality, the rule of ownership, the rule of recipro reciprocity, and so those are things that hopefully someone in the carnival tells you about. Right. Otherwise, you will learn them all the wrong way, and it's going to be a very rough ride. And how each fake creature interprets those rules may be a little bit different too. I mean, there's, right. but you, what you will kind of see, you know, is they are going to follow those rules in some way or another. Yeah. Much like we follow laws. Exactly. And, you know, we've already shown this picture earlier, but I love this Herringon picture here. Yeah. That's just really awesome. Make it a little got bit that bigger brand thing. on him, and I'm wondering what he's going to do with it. Oh, you know what he's going to do with it. Agdon Longscarf. That sounds like the name he would go by. It is, yeah. Yeah, here's his stat block right here. <laughs> awesome. I was looking at the 3D model of it earlier. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. It's, it's really awesome. Um, um, but I do enjoy, too, like one thing you mentioned earlier, uh, amongst our many intros that we may or may not have recorded, um, there was an oil can animated one yes. called Squirt. One of your guides in this book might be an oil can called Squirt. And that right. itself is just comedy genius. <laughs> it is. And that's what is so great in this is how much just interesting, funny stuff is going. And I like to have some humor even in, you know, we're playing through a dark campaign right now with Descendant to Avernus, but we find ways to have some humor in there, whether it's you bringing it in as a DM or us as players finding ways to bring it in. And I, I love that we can have a little bit of both going on. And that seems to be true of this book. I feel like it's only in the Feywild, especially with this book's release, it's only in the Feywild that laughter becomes sometimes probably a bad thing. Because you're going to get a lot of it. Oh, yeah. And you won't know if it's good nor bad. It's at a point where laughter is probably going to be indicative of upcoming chaos and disaster. Um, and including, they, you know, we're only 60 pages in, give or take, and they start to talk more about weird things that happen. Not that the whole book isn't weird, but including right. what happens in the domain while you're there, all the way down to what happens if you die in Prismere. Yes. There's, there's a couple things that can happen to your body, whether it just literally comes back to life for no unknown reason or turns to stone or you get to, like your corpse decays at an accelerated rate becoming nothing but bones after one minute right that would be creepy as hell oh yeah and i mean and it's kind of one of these things where you know even though this book is kind of on the lighter side on some level you've got to tell your players in your session zero there's a chance that you can die for sure. And there's a chance right. that you're not going to have the opportunity to be brought back because you're going to be just gone. I feel like there, I would find a way to let them come back, but they'd have to first go through what feels like riding, you know, it's a small world after all ride oh, yes. with uh, like, let's just say a thousand cambians or uh, what it's called? Campestries? Campestries? Yes. Yeah, so like yeah, those things are a treat. I know I didn't say the name right, but I'm getting close. Yep. Um, Campestries, is that it? Yes, it is. Uh, they're literally mushrooms. Mushrooms? Singing. Sing. Mushrooms. 
Yep, singing mushrooms, you sing in falsetto, and imagine if you placed all the annoying voices on the ride, it's a small world, with these. With these. Oh, That's absolutely. the only way that ride gets worse. And maybe some bullywugs back there just croaking in a yeah. real, yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of bullywugs in here, and if you don't know what a bullywug is, it is these little frog people. And in case you don't know what a mushroom is, nor one that sings, it would be one of uh, these people, that one. And see him, you can feel him singing. And one of the things that that's interesting in here is I think if you weren't paying attention to it and trying to add to it, it could be just from looking through it, it could be a whole bunch of just fetch quests. Just in my flipping through it at the moment, it's go get this book, go get this package, do this, do this. Yeah. And so one of the things that I would look at is you're going to have to play out these characters for it to be particularly interesting. Or particularly even, you know, remotely understanding. Like right. You can't really do the world building part if you don't play the characters necessarily the right way, because elsewise it will feel just like any other domain, any other place. Right. But it really should, like the character should inherit that part of the plane that they're in. And they should have that whimsical but deadly kind of sense to them. Um, I think I forgot what the word it was, but something Chris Perkins had said recently: like you get to play your most like out there characters, but like with intent. Like you're playing them up to the point that they're literally crazy, right? So they, like they're greeting you, but they don't intend to let you leave. You just don't know that yet. Things yeah, like that. Exactly. So I felt like he just built another descent into Avernus, but instead we're going to a psych ward. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's very Alice in Wonderland with the mm -hmm. that kind of is Alice nuts idea right. going on. And I mean, and you've got some scary stuff in here. I mean, here is Charm, a Darkling Elder. And, you know, they're on the same page. Nice. Kind of <laughs> freaky looking thing there. And but, you know, one of the things is, is that, yes, that, you know, you're, you're describing that character and you're playing and it seems kind of scary, but are they actually as scary as something that seems very innocent at another point? Well, true. And like, yeah, some of these high personalities and like high conduct might let like not be trying to harm you. They just, they don't know how to speak friendly to you, you who are not from there. So to them, they're being friendly and trying to make friendship, but to you, they're the scariest fucking thing you've seen in like the last three months. Right. And so it's, like, it's like me in real life. And I do um, want to, show everybody just because that we have already brought them in but displacer beast kitten and a stat block oh, it's, so <laughs> it's so awesome the lender's got one now it does also that looks like a lovely place just oh what is that uh, like is that puppets i hope so because that's freaky right like that's the perfect image for something like that i mean i immediately got chills and yes. probably nightmares i'll let you know after tonight <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you got the you know um shadow dragon looking things popping out of um it's so close there we go shadow so dragon things box. popping out of jack in the boxes i mean it's because <laughs> that's that's something you want to happen Says it's a green guy. dragon wormling, but it looks a little scared than me. Ever imagined oh, uh, that turned into a warrior? Oh, yeah, it. that's awesome. 
God, that would hurt so bad. You'd well, and the last wielding glass to cut you. And we've talked about this a good bit before, but that's one of those things that I think you could easily pull out of this book and put in to somewhere else. You know, you've got this temple that you're going into, you've got this church that you're going into, and all of a sudden the stained glass breaks on its own and forms this creature. I already may have had an idea for a one shot that I'm halfway done building around that very idea. Ever since the first time we heard about the book and they mentioned and like showed that picture, yeah, I built out this entire adventure around going to this place and you hear glass break, at least you think. But what it is is actually that like monster coming off the stained glass and dropping to the ground. And so, oh, that's cool. And so, everyone thinks, like, oh, someone broke in. No, the place is just trying to kill you, right? That's awesome. Which now you guys can't be part of it. Sorry, but it's gonna be freaking awesome. The um, this is cool. Giant spider reading to the critters. I wouldn't. Cool isn't the word I would go with, but it is something for sure. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. And you actually have this in the supplemental material on DMs Guild. They have this character built out as a archfey of his own domain. And you could too have it for the low, low price of nine ninety nine. <laughs> I think sometimes, but it's so true. Oh yeah, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. You've got um, in here as you get into Yon, you're getting into like kind of a giant area up in the mountains, and we've got some I again we talk about that part, like the individual places, because like it's one thing to see yeah. the Feywild, but this is the first time we've seen into the Feywild. Like we exactly. actually now know the parts of it, and I feel like that's the most confusing aspect. So maybe talking about some of that is helpful right like hither dither and yon doesn't mean anything to anybody until we start to tell them why they're different right so yeah let's go in and let's let's go back to um the first one we'll go back to hither and kind of give a little bit of that so if you'll talk about that one then i'll talk about the middle one and then i'll give you the last one you said a lot of words i agree with but i need to find my way through this book 57 57 (laughs) the gods tell me the number for which i should deliver myself and I love the maps. This is so good. Oh, yeah. The maps so are there is Hither. Okay, let's see. I wonder if there's like a quick summary of it that doesn't just tell the whole history of it because you don't want to reveal everything. No, and that's the thing. That's where I was kind of skipping through a little bit on some of it. And so I think like Hither is the first place you're, if you go by the book, you're supposed to encounter. Right. And here's a, you know, here's the map there of Prismere with the three different realms. Like the words might be hard to see, but the bottom one's definitely Hither. Uh, Thither is on the right. And then you see Yon on the left. Like Yon's like desolate mountain looking area, which is kind of opposite of what you think Feywild is. Mm-hmm. And then you see kind of like a little bit more life on the right, but maybe like too much. And then it's just kind of like that perfect blend in the middle. And then, of course, there's right at the center of it all, the one place that touches all of them, the tri-state, you might say. Right. And so there's these, like, bridges that kind of go between all of them, but they're so night and day, like, almost literally, there's literal, like, night signs and then day signs. I think they were playing that one very well. Right. Um, And then, of course, there is, it's hard to see, and I don't want to necessarily point it out, but it is something I discovered. Um, It's the whole 
entire idea of Feywild is based around a couple concepts, a couple numbers even. The number three, the number eight, and the hourglass symbol and the infinity symbol. Right. These are the central motifs to everything. So if you really looked at this map, you would see an eight. And that eight would be comprised of two threes. And if you looked, you know, just as hard, you would see essentially hourglass in there. Oh, yeah. Well. You see it's all making the infinity sign. It's literally everything in this campaign is centered around those concepts. Yeah, that's really cool. And I hadn't noticed that, but that's fantastic. Well, hopefully I didn't spoil anything for anyone else who wanted to find it themselves. But I have ADD and I looked at this map for far too long online. <laughs> but with that, it's really cool, too, because the project before they named it was called Project Hourglass. Right. It was always based around this. That's so cool. that's what I love. Like from the get go, they had this like as the foundation of everything. So like Hither, Dither and Yon, time based areas also play this element of, you know, into that. So I can't wait to get into the details of it because I'm like, I love, uh, you know, the I spies and, you know, the little puzzle things like find the references. I right. guarantee you they're in there and I can't wait to see them. Well, and what it says about Hither, you know, in here, without trying to spoil too much, uh, the portion of Prismere known as Hither is an enormous swamp containing huge tangles of mangrove roots, expanses of thick marsh, and mysterious sites of ha half sunk in the muck. Weird and haunting creatures call Hither home, and the land is dotted with old wells that belch out and slurp up the sludgy water that saturates the land. At its heart, the hag... Bavlorona bl blight straw makes her lair in downfall. Hmm. I was going to read the actual text box you're supposed to read to the players, but I like that one too. Is there, where's the text box that goes to the players? I missed that one. 62. On the next my, page. There we go. My friend there. So if you want to read that one, I'll let you elsewise. And here's the, no, you read that one. And then here's the map over here. Yes, that is it. You stand at the edge of a raised and broken causeway under a hazy, twillet sky. Never heard that word before. The causeway, which is built from pale stones that glow faintly from within, towers over the surrounding landscape, but large sections of it have crumbled away. The parts that remain in place are separated by large gaps where portions have collapsed. A fog-shrouded swamp spreads out below you in all directions, and up from its muck wafts the smell of rotting plants, also rising from the swamp is the music of nature, a discordant symphony of croaking frogs and singing birds. Heather sounds like a very fun and weird place. Yes, for sure. It's, it's where it, it, the swamp people live. Yes, it, it, it takes me back to living in Louisiana, where all of that <laughs> is that was just read is true of most places. <laughs> well, I thought I was reading about Hither, but apparently I was reading about you your, read about you know, reading about South Louisiana. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. <laughs> it's kind of funny though. And so you go in there, you know, Swampland. It is you know controlled by one of the hags, and she lives in that place called Downfall. It's you know a murky swamp with you know her domain there. And I don't want to go too far into that because you're going to start giving things away, which I don't want to do giving any, you know, give too spoilery with it, but it's definitely interesting <laughs> to say yeah, the least. If you liked anything we've said, it definitely gets better. If you didn't like that, well, lucky for you, there's two other planes. Exactly. Of the plane. Um, that being the case, like, yeah, 
in terms of like all oh, this the idea is like a sneak peek and just general impressions of it i do enjoy the amount of detail they put into it it kind of does feel like there was a lot of labor of love put to it as well as like from the art to the idea behind it I mean, i think just their ability to focus on more of a role play aspect right if that makes sense and i think that you know as you're looking through this and maybe that doesn't fit your mindset of what the Feywild is. I think thither probably is the one that fits our construct of what we think of when we think of the Fey. You know, it is yeah. a place with, you know, it when it's talking about the features that are there, it is a place with fairy, fairy rings. Some of them are corrupted. Some of them are uncorrupted. Um, they've got wanted posters everywhere looking for these different fake creatures that have you know maybe gone awry and this is where we find the compestry and there are blink dogs here and there are displacer beasts kittens and centaurs and dryads and owlbears and it this is this is where you're kind of thinking okay this makes the most sense to me as just a, a basic idea of what we usually think of when we think of fake well, if I could find the other domains or other areas of the domain, if I could ever get that right, then we'll understand too, like what are the actual extremes like, in different climates? Right. Find them yet. That's where I was kind of, this one doesn't give quite as much on that as the other, but you look at the, the picture there. I mean, it's more of a verdant, hmm. you know, forested area, you know, some pools and some rivers running through. Um, go over here to what was it 90 something yeah so thither is on page 99 and it shows more of a the displays are giddy um where's its text box because i'm curious to myself on some of this i was yeah i was looking for the text box that you know for going into there and it didn't seem to have one quite like what was in the other one <laughs> thither is whatever you want it to be <laughs> oh i found it though it is it is short short enough i can quickly read it um unless uh, you found it as well oh i did yeah i'll read that I was like, hey, the, mist, me the, map of it. <laughs> the mist part to reveal the primeval forest a fragrant breeze wafts from the enormous trees sending motes of pollen dancing in the air patches of sunlight kiss the forest floor the sweet melody of bird song echoes all around see like now that sounds literally like just a, a field yes it's just a valley like that's not even special so now I'm confused. Why is thither different than hither and Orion? I'm starting to feel like I'm from the Fae. Right. <laughs> and I think that this is, you know, you're seeing a little more life here. It seems like maybe a little more civilization going on. It's a little less dark than hither was. Yeah. Feels like we've left Louisiana. Now we're in Missouri. Right. It's kind of there. There's not many hills. It's pretty plain, but it's still calm, collected, sunny. So what does Missouri got? It has not a lot, I'll tell you that. It's got Loom Lurch, one place that you're gonna be looking for. It's got this little um apple-headed dude called Chucklehead. He looks like a chucklehead. And um <laughs> that's really awesome. And fun for all occasions. And in here, you know, you've got another hag that is running this particular place called Sakbatha, and we have Squirt the oil can, which I love. Like, what voice do you give Squirt the oil can? 
And we've already talked some about singing mushrooms, which are in this particular area, but we've also talked um, on the podcast before about Feywild mushrooms. And here you go. I mean, I've had a couple of those. I mean, I, mean, I like mushrooms. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to. I want to know more about squirt now, which is like the weirdest thing I would ever think myself. Oh yeah, no, it's awesome. Afternoon, like I can't wait to learn more about squirt. But I want to know. Like, how do you come across a guide called Squirt? And how does he guide you? <laughs> right. <laughs> so many questions. And we've got boggles in here, and there's children in here. We've got spoilery things that I'm not going to talk about in I like here. I how you said that. we got boggles in here. We've got children. And then you just <laughs> kept going. Like, that was somehow <laughs> part of the Feywild inherently. We don't have children in this room, but go to the Feywild. They have little miniature-sized humans. They do. And they have all kinds of toys. I mean, here, here you go with a dollhouse. And we've already shown the picture of talking dolls. And, you know... <laughs> Pretty there are really, kids here. They are fucked up individuals. I'm sorry. They are they are dealing with some things, and you go from hither into thither, and then ultimately into yon. And maybe you can go in different ways as as your um, party goes. But read for on 134 about. Well, I'm ready. Arrival in, in yon. I arrived in yon earlier. You stand on a path. That winds between rocky crags on a mountainside. The sky is dark and full of rolling thunderclouds. You are greeted by a howling wind. For a second, lightning splits the sky, striking nearby mountaintops and illuminating a distant pinnacle of rock that has foreboding castle carved out of it. Doesn't yeah. just sound op- like awesome. Like yeah, it now does. we're around like the Rocky Mountains era, you know, right? Of the, of the states. Like finally, it's like okay, maybe hither was like a mercy like and it's plain it's cool but then you right. get here and you're like what the yeah straight up I, Jan's pretty cool and your god here is a sentient dandelion and a bumblebee or a honeybee I, I thought you said your god and I was like I would accept that I would accept that <laughs> as my god look at this crazy yeah character. exactly and here's the picture there of Jan yeah the map of that particular area of Prismere <laughs> I feel like and, with the ragweed allergies I've been having recently, looking at <coughs> Helena, the honeybead, and like that, and I'm just like, I don't want to go to Yon right now, at least not until I find my Benadryl. So right. It's Benadryl. And then you've got the yeah. Cyclops beekeeper. And I mean, there's like, just, you know, there's, I mean, a, a, an evil kite. They're evil anyway, but yeah, let's just go ahead and label them finally. Yeah. I mean, it's just so many cool things in here. Um We've got Coreds, which remind me of um, the little troll dudes from uh, Frozen. Frozen, yeah, yeah. What was that? Love is something like that. Yes. Yeah, the right dancing there. And singing. I imagine they probably eat the campestries. Or sing they probably do. They probably oh, do. A, you get a fun acid trip of that. Like you have this like group all staying together between them and the campestries. And they're singing some song about your arrival, and then like at the yep. end, they just like take bites out of each other, and then you're like, "What is happening?" And I mean, these That's are—I mean, someone. you're getting a little darker in here, but then you've still got some whimsy. You've got this pony with a little house built on it. You are getting into where, where you find yourself ultimately in this is in a play. 
and your party has the chance to be a part of the play and part of the party may go behind the scenes and do some different things and so that's that this whole part of the domain is about um this one hag who is running this this idea of you know oracles and she plays these out in the plays that she puts on and i this is again just really cool and you go back to that that puppet room that you showed earlier which is just freaky yeah let's say it's pretty much like represents exactly what you're saying it's like all a big tragedy it's a play it's like real but not but but it is like don't take it lightly yep and then finally mother horn yeah. You know, you're going to find yourself um, in the end game. Um, won't take exactly where that is. And I don't want to give too much, uh, but you're going to find yourself at a fairy tale castle kind of in game kind of things. Again, lots of really cool stuff going on within this. And it's towards the end of this where you're going to find um, the Jabberwocky. And, uh, you know, Jabberwock's cool. And I didn't say it, but like, yeah, I wanted to. I was like, the Jabberwock is in here. And so, you know, that's been kind of spoiled online. So I don't mind saying that it's there, but we won't say any more about, you know, where it's there. And that's where you find that glasswork golem that you showed us earlier. And, you know, one of the things that we haven't said, and, you know, and I don't want to give it away, is where in here you find our friends from the old D&D cartoon and the friends and enemies there. And I will just say, you know, we had kind of talked, on the stream or on the podcast about what we thought they might do with these characters. And I love what they came up with, with it. It is, it is really cool. It is very clever. And so, you know, how to bring them back into the world. And so then you're going to get to the end. um, And we, we've got some appendices in here with some really cool, um magic items some of them are very powerful some of them are just interesting i love the cloak of many fashions that can just be whatever you want it to be i feel like i um, that item and like a lot of my campaigns i just never call it that right there is, i mean we definitely have a character right now if would love that i think that would be his like oh i'm gonna spend too much money on something that is ultimately kind of useless yes cloak of many fashions is is it <laughs> until you've needed to survive in Avernus and then suddenly it's like I'm so glad I got that. right and they've got um a Vorbal sword in here that they named Snickersnack you know going back to that Jabberwocky poem and what Lewis Carroll did there with that sound of the Vorbal sword cutting that Snickersnack and so I love that they and it's and it's a beautiful sword too. If you you know if you want to just take a look at that, that that's maybe my favorite D and D sword that I've ever seen. I think that is just really cool. And any of these that stood out to you, anything that you thought was really cool in some of these items, well, or did I already steal them all? You have specifically stolen my top three, so it does make it harder to find the next ones. But uh, you know, I'll try. Let's see what we got here. I keep like accidentally flipping back to creatures like subconsciously. Right. I just want to talk more about them. They're creepy as hell. And uh, I do remember specifically something. It was, oh yeah, it was the intensity of the cauldrons. Oh yeah. The cauldrons are intense. Yes. Like it's... if there's any items in here that you should probably be super cautious with, it would be the cauldrons. Yep. And you know how how you switch it from one to the other and all of the rest of it. I mean, that's 
that's really yeah, cool I'll say, uh, it's hard to even like mention them without talking more about them right because once you know anything about them it's like the gig is up but exactly. i think it is the most devious thing they've done i really enjoy that um if i had to go for an item that i can talk about it'd probably be something called the eldritch staff yes like it just the name the name alone is like i need to read that staff because anything with eldritch means it demands your attention for sure and when you read it you're first thinking oh i'm going to be able to cast eldritch blast with this staff <laughs> And you can't, but it's still really cool. But you can do a lot with it. Yes, you can. Like straight up, it has like 10 charges and you can use those charges to do X number of things from like teleporting to just doing like extra like lightning damage. It's just yep. more like the Eldritch energy is there, but you can't exactly. like summon the Eldritch. Um, so I think that was really fascinating. I know a couple of people who would either love that item or never touch it. Oh, yes. As everyone in our campaign. I would Don't touch anything. <laughs> yeah, except for LFTL will touch most things. He's it's learning a little bit, but if it's a book and he thinks he can get knowledge from it, he's definitely going to. Um, so, I mean, we've talked about this a lot. So I think we do need to show um, some of this artwork. I mean, here's Keelik. And that's, that's just so cool. And I mean, and if you ever watch the cartoon or you've seen the old, you know, with Warduke or, oh, yeah. The Snickersnack. Snickersnack is awesome. It's just four items. Just look at all four of them. Just admire. And look here at Warduke. I mean, just. Uh, I mean, this is just. They've done such a good job with all this. You've got Mercy in here and Elkhorn. You've got Riggle Run. And hidden in here is Strongheart. Just looking so cool. I hope the other one's not Strongheart. Uh, (laughs) No, that's the boggle you were showing us earlier. Um, and I've used but, boggles before and some things. Boggles are cool. And too. Uh, just real quick before I lose the thought, we had a character, or we're going to have a character called Kappa in our campaign who had this special axe, if you remember. Yep. And so the axe that we, we created was essentially this axe at the very bottom called the Woodcutter's Axe. It was a slightly modified in a different way, but that's essentially what him and I were homebrewing together. So that's kind of funny to see. That's cool. Um, and it happens to be under something called the Wand of Smiles, which is a wand literally to make people smile. Right. That's it. Literally it. There's, I mean, <laughs> and I'll say, you know, if if there's anything that I'm slightly disappointed in with this book, or two things. Number one, there's stuff that we're paying $8 for that should have just been book in my opinion. But it's 8 bucks. It's not, you know, it's a couple of cups of coffee. It's not that big a deal. And... Then it is when it comes to fake creatures, there's not a lot new in here. I was expecting a whole bunch of new fake creatures to use. And most of what we see, we've seen before. We've seen darklings before. We've seen bullywugs before. We've seen boggles before. Um, The Briganocks are new. Um, The Campestries are new. Um, Herringons are new. But most in the Jabberwock is old, but new for 5e. Quicklings are, we've seen those before. Redcaps we've seen. And there's, that would be my only qualm with this is that I want more of it. I think this is probably from just first glance, my favorite book that they've come out with. But you weren't happy with the one, two, three, four paragraphs that we got on building out fairies? Yeah, because looking at it, 
it literally is the smallest section in the entire book exactly about fairies it's like not even a full like page and a half no so given that i think i was one of the podcast uh episodes we talked about you wanted like all these like buffet options for how to build this how to do that and then i saw this and i was like i'm not gonna bring it up but if he does we'll talk about it but i know he's disappointed <laughs> yeah and i mean and, and most of what i'm looking at there is in that supplement and that supplement right. is really good and this book is really good i mean i definitely would recommend this to anybody who it, it would be slightly interested in it. If you're interested in the fake creatures, if you want to play a campaign that there was one review I read of it last night that was saying it's D and D for theater kids. If you're like me and you're a theater kid, this is going to hit it. I um, it just the game for theater kids. Right. Just niching down. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that they've done a really good job with this. I want more. They gave me more. I went ahead and picked it up. I've got it. And I will definitely be using this when I'm, you know, whether I run through this completely or I'm using it in bits and pieces. Because what I love, again, you had mentioned about the Feywild earlier is you can throw it in wherever you want to. That's you can fun. have, yeah. you know, a grove in the woods that you just walk around in the right way. And all of a sudden you found yourself in the Feywild and that's where you are. I mean, we could, you know, we're about to be heading to Candlekeep in a few sessions in our campaign and we could stumble into the Feywild but in between Baldur's Gate and Candlekeep. I mean, there's, that's just the way that it is. And so I think that this book, whether you're planning on running the whole thing or you're planning on using it in um, more of a, I'm going to pull pieces from it. I wanted more to pull from it, but I still think that there's a lot here that you can use either to stoke your imagination or that you can pull directly from the book. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's still 252 pages of content that you can use. And yeah, right. some of it's very modular fashion. Some of it's just like little adventures you can go on. But even they are kept in a way that, like we said, we have Louisiana and Missouri. If you can fit that into your campaign, you can easily plug these into it. Too. Right. Um, and like the idea, too, was like you can go to the Feywild at any point. Things can come out of the Feywild at any point. Oh, yeah. All the same. These creatures could just stumble randomly into the middle of Baldur's Gate and then you have to figure out what the fuck is that exactly or where did you get singing mushrooms Things like that. <laughs> right right and so i think there's some really cool stuff here and i you know and i'll definitely want to look at it even more and i want to dive into the feywild companion even more because i think that there is between these two pieces that they put out today I think so much really interesting, really good stuff to be used in an ongoing campaign, or if you're going to start something new and you want to specifically make it about going to the Fae, um, this is there for you. And I can't wait to sit down and start statting out an Arch Fae using the information that they give you and the other. And I think I said on the podcast, that was what I was looking forward to in here more than anything else. And it's not here but they still gave it to me on the same day. So I can't, I'm not too upset about it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't read all of the PDF, but I didn't see a plethora or like, you know, like a quite a vast inventory of options either. So no, I mean, it's a lot of yeah. do it yourself and here's some places to start, which is what I kind of expected to be there anyway. Cause that's usually what yeah. they, I mean, if you look at what they did in Van Richten's guide with how to build out a, 
um, domain, domain of dread and the ones that run those, it is kind of that same way. Here's kind of a guide to get you started. And here's some ways to be thinking about it. And essentially here they say, you know, start off with a CR5 creature and then begin to meld it into what you want it to be. Like, here's the recipe, go cook it yourself. Exactly. And add your own ideas into it. And it's funny, you know, and I don't want to give this away because I think we may use it at some point, but one of the things that we actually talked about using with one that we were thinking of creating is actually in here. And I think that that, I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess great minds think alike and... (laughs) It's just, but I was like, yep, that was exactly what I was thinking with the one that I was going to create before I even saw this PDF. So, so why did I spend the money? (laughs) Well, I'm really excited about this book. Sounds like you are too. And I hope that it is one that does really, really well. Um, I'm going to run because I've got another meeting that I've got to go to and you have 15 minutes. Yeah, I gotta eat something first though. So I will um I will catch you later and I will see everyone else later. And I think we'll probably try to do these live um streams again because it is fun. I like watching what um we have going on in chat and having somebody responding to what we're saying. My ego grows by the follower. So, you know, um, and in such, I used to stream quite a bit. So it's one of my favorite things to do and I'm quite well equipped for it, but equally. So um, our latest episode of the podcast came out. So if you have a chance or if you want to get into the podcast, now would be a great opportunity. Absolutely. The podcast, but specifically on Anchor. Uh, I put the link into our chat. And we will see you soon. And if you want to listen to this again or watch it again, we'll be, it'll be here on Twitch. We're going to put it on YouTube and we're going to have it as a live episode on the podcast. So we look forward to continuing to talk about D&D and we will talk to you soon. You have Take a great one. <laughs> Likewise. Ended stream. Just went straight there because uh, you are running out of time. Yep. And I will, I will catch you later. I'm going to get out of this and run downstairs, get something to drink, get something to eat, and then come back up here and get him out of the meeting. So I will see All you right. soon. Later, man. Care, man. Appreciate it.